Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins... I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. Often, I enjoy walking my dog at night time. This is mainly due to the fact that my dog is harder to walk when people are around with their own dogs. So, we tend to walk around parks in the area when they've become somewhat secluded, I guess. I'm also not a very big guy. I'm about 5'10 and pretty lanky, so I wouldn't call myself an intimidating figure. However, my 120-pound black boxer lab named Loki could be somewhat considered threatening to most from what I hear. I figured that his size would be used as a deterrent for anyone looking to cause nightly troubles. But man, I was dead wrong. You see, on one specific night in the fall of 2016, I can recall an encounter that reminds me of why I'm so reluctant to walk around once daylight falls. This specific park is one that I've been to a couple of times, and from what I remember, this park is usually secluded around 6.30 and later. Aside from a couple of joggers or very few other dog walkers, not many people walk the same path that I take. I also like to put on my headphones and just listen to music while I'm walking, but on this specific night, I chose not to wear them since my phone was on low battery and I wanted to preserve it as long as I could. Anyway, the walk was going pretty much as usual, I would say. Loki did his business and we continued on our usual path. About midway on our walk, I realized that it had started to get really dark. But since he was done with his business too, I decided to cut the walk somewhat short and we took a shortcut that kind of led us off the path. The path had a bunch of trees surrounding the area and there were still leaves on the branches. 
with that being said, I felt a, a weird feeling as if I was being watched. I have pretty bad anxiety sometimes, but since I knew the town was safe, I knew that nothing was going to really happen. But still, I could not for the life of me shake off the feeling of being watched. I peered back to see if anyone had been following me out of anxiety and every single time, nobody was there. In fact, nobody was anywhere. This whole shortcut was essentially secluded. But suddenly, Loki stopped walking and also looked back. I told him, Loki, come on boy, we, got, we gotta go man. But one thing I failed to mention was that Loki is a big coward. I noticed his tail was tucked between his legs, which is a telltale sign that a dog is afraid. I'll admit too that I was a little curious and still a bit nervous, but I didn't want to find out what he had heard or noticed, that's for sure. I just wanted to get out ASAP. I pulled a little and he began to walk, but every now and then I would see him peer back. After maybe a minute or so of walking, he stopped again and this time he began to growl. Now, despite being a coward, Loki is a bark but no bite kind of dog. So I took this chance to see exactly what he was growling at. It was quite dark so I couldn't really see well so I used my phone's flashlight to see what was up. Trees. Just trees. Which means that what he heard was probably just some kind of an animal, right? Once again, I turned around and I kept walking. He continued to peer back once in a while still, but this time I noticed that it was a lot more frequent. I just said to myself, oh, it must just be squirrels or maybe a bird, and I ignored it. But then I heard what happened to be actual footsteps and branches breaking, and there is absolutely no way a small animal could have produced a sound like that. Loki turned around quick and, still with his tail tucked, he began to growl and bark at a figure that I could only describe as a man in his early 50s, possibly late 40s, appear from out of the woods. He was dressed in dirty clothing, his hair was long and was graying, he had one hand in his pocket and he said to me, Nice dog you have here, kid. What breed is he? Oh, he's a... He's a boxer lab. I replied. Oh, I love dogs. Mind if I pet him? He wandered over. The man got closer and emerged from the trees, and as he got closer, I realized that he was quite tall and pretty burly too. Loki instantly got bad vibes, and he ran behind me and started to bark at him. Actually, I do kind of mind, man. My dog here doesn't really like strangers. Sorry, but it's probably not the best to pet him. I quickly stated. Oh, it's okay, man. Really, he seems like a really friendly guy. Just a little pet wouldn't harm him, right? The man retorted as he got closer. I felt extremely uncomfortable as he appeared to get closer and closer with every step. I don't know why this guy just couldn't take no for an answer. I mean, I usually don't allow people to even pet Loki unless he comes up to them first. If he's scared of you, then I usually do not want him to freak out by letting him be pet by a stranger. This is especially the case when said stranger came from the woods behind trees. I'm really sorry, man. I'm scared that he'd bite you or something. 
I told him as I began to walk away. Like I said before, I wasn't trying to be judgmental or anything, but the dude literally came out from the woods and was possibly the one trailing us from before. I don't know why you won't just let me introduce myself to him, man. The guy replied angrily. This time, I began to speed walk. I was very uncomfortable and my fight or flight instincts began to take over. He followed us too and also kept muttering curses to himself. I don't know if this man was like under the influence or something, but he just did not let up. I won't lie too, I started to get a little bit angry myself. I mean, why can't a guy just take no for an answer? He began to match my speed, almost as if he was trying to catch up to us as well. Loki and I both took this as an answer to start sprinting as fast as we could. To be honest too, I really don't remember much of the running. It was all a bit of a blur to me, but I do remember the spine-tingling feeling of hearing his footsteps rapidly increasing behind me. For a man of his stature, he was quite fast as well. I also realized pretty quickly that his intentions may not have just been to pet my dog. No one reasonable would go that far just to pet a dog that clearly wanted nothing to do with them, right? I looked behind me and he was now in pursuit. And maybe about 10 feet behind me he was chasing us. I'll never forget the look in his eyes too. I've never had anyone look at me like that. A look of killer intent. And all for what? Just because he couldn't pet my dog? My instincts told me that he definitely had sinister intent behind that. But finally, the path led back to the park exit and into the busier streets. I lived about 10 minutes away from the park. I made sure nobody was following me, and I even made sure to walk on the populated streets this night. After what seemed like an eternity, we finally got home, but I knew for a fact that I was not going to get a minute of sleep that night. From my window in the porch, I watched pretty much all night with Loki just to see if anyone had followed us home. I also made a police report with my parents. After all, this guy seemed to have been quite suspicious and who knows what his true intentions were. Had his target been someone who couldn't protect themselves or run away like I did, what would he have done? I also often ask myself, what if I had worn my headphones that night and the sound of music drowned the footsteps behind me? Ever since, I haven't walked Loki in that park and I've also made it a habit of mine to walk on livelier streets at night. If I could give anyone one piece of advice, even if you live in a relatively safe town, never, ever let your guard down. You just never know what kind of person might be lurking in the shadows or, as in my case, within the trees. You know, I think I sort of forgot about this whole thing until recently, but this took place over 10 years ago when I was 15 or 16. I was just a bored teen in a somewhat small town and wanted to get off the computer for a bit, I think. It was late at night, around midnight, maybe 11, when someone like me really should have stayed in, but I felt like just going on a long walk, which I never did, but hey... What's going to happen to me here? It was a chill place. 
But once you get past the school in the neighborhood or to one end of the neighborhood, there's a long road with some nice homes on it that heads towards the grocery store and a bigger road with four lanes. This long road has a sidewalk, barely any lights, and goes past a big open area with a horse farm and one small waste facility across from the road from the horse field. The facility is up a slight incline and between it and the road is a dip in the ground for the rainwater to accumulate and run beneath the driveway. Meaning, if you drove off the road, you'd basically be going down a small half pipe right there. So, I walk past the school, past this horse field, and all the way down the long road to the four lane road and kept walking. It's now uh, around 1am I would guess and the roads are empty but they're totally illuminated by streetlights so I felt fine. At some point though, this little car speeds down the road way too close to the sidewalk and I saw their brake lights come on as they kept driving pretty quickly. And something about the car and how close they drove to the sidewalk just gave me this major feeling of fear and that I needed to just go home. It wasn't a, hey, they came too close to me fear, but it was like a full body feeling that I just had to go. I didn't think this way at the time, but looking back, I feel like it was someone thinking, hey, they look young, should I go back? and holding their foot lightly on the brake pedal just enough to slow down gradually and turn the lights on. So I walked back for a good 30 to 45 minutes and I was now coming back up to the horse field on this dark road which meant that I just needed to make it past this wide open area before I was at the school which basically meant that I was home. This whole time I kept looking back and watching for cars or someone but now I was feeling safe because it had been so long and I was on this super dark road. But right before the horse field, there was this big front yard of some country house that's down a dirt road. The front yard had a fence, but it was just posts with like three planks going across it, which meant that a person could easily slide between the planks if they just angled themselves right. And I'm getting to the end of that yard when a car speeds by me and I swear that it's exactly the same shape as the car that passed me before and I got that same feeling of fear. It was too dark to see the color but the shape was unmistakable. I see the brake lights light up and this time they slowed down drastically before whipping the car to the side of the road to go down into the dip at the waste facility, drive up the incline to circle around and drive back out to the road like a madman in the span of probably three or four seconds. I just want to be clear too that no one in their right mind would have used that dip to turn around even slowly and whipping the car around that way is abnormal anyways. I swear too that I was stressing so hard and was nearly frozen just watching them do that because I knew that it was the same car and something bad was definitely going to happen to me. Right at the corner of the front yard though by the field, there was a big oak tree growing a bit more than like one teenage boy's width away from the fence for the yard and that was perfect. The bottom plank for the fence was just barely above the ground, maybe a few inches up the post is all so it was just enough to hide me if I laid down against it. The moment that I saw car headlights start to turn around to drive the other way, my first instinct was to just dive into that spot between the tree and the plank. I fit perfectly too and managed to get in place before they turned left back onto the road. I put my hood over the back of my head and I just laid there. I heard their brakes though sliding against the wheel as they drove past that yard 
and then heard them speed up and drive away a second later. I didn't look. I kept my head down and breathed as heavily as possible while I could so I didn't have a full-on panic attack until I was sure that they were gone. I got up, looked back and made sure that I saw no silhouettes of cars and no lights and I just booked it up the road and to the school. You can bet too that your homie here never went out that late alone again. That was a lesson learned the hard way. All I can say is trust your gut and try to always have a way to protect yourself if need be. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This story happened back in the 90s to my parents during their senior year of high school. Since their group of friends already had cars, the favorite thing that they loved to do was night hiking around the state's local mental hospital, mainly to its old dairy farm. But this was located on the side of a mountain surrounded by agricultural fields and an open grassland as well. Since the dairy farm was not close to the mental hospital and the nearest city life was located about five miles away, that night, the area was extremely dark and quiet. Before the dairy farm was closed down, the patients from the mental hospital would go there for work. During this time, some patients lost their lives at this location due to accidents. By the 90s, it was abandoned and left like a ghost town of its own, especially due to its rumors of it being haunted. And it made the perfect place for a fearful experience. So this particular night, around two in the morning, my dad, my mom, four of their female friends and one male friend planned to go to the dairy farm. They took two cars and when they got to the usual parking spot on the side of the mountain, they saw that there was already a group of like 20 people standing around their cars. When my parents and their friends got out of their cars, they noticed that the group of the men all had shaved heads, were Caucasian and in their mid-twenties. As my parents walked past them, both groups ignored each other and avoided making eye contact. However, my mum turned her head to see one of the men and as she did this, the man pulled his jacket back and showed a pistol tucked into his pants. Then he pulled his lower lip down which revealed that he had a triple K tattooed on his bottom lip. When they were out of hearing range, my mum whispered to my dad, that man has a gun and he has that tattoo. My dad brushed it off thinking my mum was over-exaggerating things and said that it was too dark to even notice those two things. So with that, my parents and their friends walked through the grassland to get to the dairy farm. 
The hike to get there is about maybe half a mile from where they parked. However, as soon as they got to the farm, they heard gunshots coming from the direction of the cars. Fearing that something happened to their cars, they booked it back to the parking lot. When they got back, the group of men, they were already gone. But as they inspected their cars, they saw that all of their tires were slashed and their windows were broken and smashed. But my dad, who used a particular colored blanket as a seat cover, and his stereo too, were both stolen. And now they just stood there by their cars wondering what to do next. I mean, it's not like they could just call someone for help. Nobody had a cell phone back then. And since they were deep in this secluded area, they couldn't flag someone down for a pickup. The nearest gas station with a payphone was like five miles away as well. Both my dad and his male friend, they didn't want to leave the cars alone since they both drove classic cars and they feared that the men would come back. And eventually it was decided amongst them that sending both males to run to the payphone was the best option, leaving the women by themselves with the cars. This was because they feared that the shaved headmen were waiting down the road expecting them to walk to the payphone. My dad and his friend, they ran to the gas station and as they left, my mum and her friends all gathered heavy rocks to use as some sort of protective weapon and hid away in the bushes behind the trees. Two hours had passed when my mum noticed headlights coming down the road. Two tow trucks rolled into the parking spot. At this too, an immense fear spread throughout the group until they say that out of the two trucks came my dad, his brothers and the friend. They hooked up the cars to the tow trucks and were out of there in a matter of minutes. My dad told my mum that as they were running down the dark and empty road, they kept their eyes open just in case the men were hiding with their cars, lights off or something. But luckily they got to the gas station without a problem. Now, this next part, it may be hard to believe, but it is 100% the truth. Two weeks passed and my dad managed to get his car fully repaired and drivable again. My mum and dad were driving to the local store when they parked and got out of the car. As they were walking into the store, a man was walking towards them. As he got closer, my mum realised that this was the same shaved-headed man who flashed the gun at her. My mum immediately told this to my dad, but just like the first time, my dad denied that this was true. Then, two weeks later at the same store, my mum and dad were sitting in their car while my mum saw a car pull up next to them. As the man got out and just sort of stood there by his car, she quickly noticed that it was the same man from before. My mum immediately told this to my dad, but again, my dad denied it, but my mum looked into his car and saw the very recognizable colorful blanket that my dad used as a seat cover. This was when my dad finally connected the dots and got out of the car to confront the guy. But the man, realizing what was happening, jumped back into his car and drove away. They didn't have time to get the license plate, unfortunately, and so nothing ever really came of it. The next week, when my dad was filling gas into his car, a car pulled up right behind him, and lo and behold, it was the same man. My dad immediately got into the guy's face, ready to confront him, but the man's friends got out of the car and... One of them pulled out a gun. The man with the gun then told everyone to get inside the car and the group just drove away. 
It's been almost 30 years and they've never seen those men ever since, but to this day, my parents still wonder if all of those encounters were a coincidence or something a lot more sinister. This was one of the first times I ever was truly scared by something paranormal. I was 14 at the time. As of sharing this, I'm 25 years old. And my father and I had just started buying guns as I took an interest in shooting. We got an M44 made in 1953 in Poland. For those who don't know much about old guns too, a Mosin Nagant is the battle rifle of Russia from pre-World War I to the end of World War II and the M44 designation is for a shortened rifle version with a bayonet that can be folded out. So, we had the rifle for a while. I had even shot it and everything before the event occurred. I had researched the marks of the rifle, which is why I knew where it was made and all the little details of the gun. Me being a curious history lover, I love learning anything that I can about items I have. It was months since getting it as well. The initial thrill of getting a gun had long since worn off and so, really, other than hoping to go shooting sometime soon, it was not on my mind when I went to bed. The reason I mention this too is that it's not assumed that I am just overly imaginative and after getting an old military gun I just imagined all of this. Anyway, the rifle was at this point the only real gun that we had besides our few 22 caliber rifles for plinking and they were stored in my closet. So like I said, I went to bed. It was during a break, so no school, which was great because of what unfolded. I didn't sleep much. But I was asleep when I woke up in the middle of the night at 2am for just no reason. I looked at my closet near my bed and the door was open, which it was never because it didn't open normally. Though I never really shut the door too. But when looking in the closet, it was like I could see something. I got up and I walked literally into the closet that was not my closet. I can only describe it as if I was transported by the closet to a different place, which was also nighttime, and I could sort of see ahead of me what seems to be a watchtower or something. I apparently too was in a watchtower all of a sudden. A fence was near the watchtowers and then another further one away from it. I then am alerted to a figure moving near the fence and I raised my gun, fired a round off which caused a horrible scream, chambered the next round and fired again which ceased the memory. I woke up at this point all of a sudden, not knowing where I was or what was going on. I'm standing in my closet now, truly my closet. But nothing really happened in whatever this was. It almost felt like some sort of a, a hologram disappeared. Maybe it wasn't a dream. And it revealed me sort of just standing there. The feeling though was as if I was pulled back through. It's hard to describe, so bear with me. But with this, I left my closet and sat down in my bed wondering what the heck just happened. But I did end up falling back to sleep and the next morning I woke up early, 8am or so, which is abnormal for me as I'm more of a 10am sort of person. Don't judge, I'm just not a morning person unless I must be. But as I woke up, I looked to my closet and 
I saw a dark figure peeking out of my closet. I didn't scream. I, I sort of let out a squeak of fear, I guess. To be honest, too, I, I wasn't even thinking of last night. I just felt like there was someone that broke into my house and was looking at me, even though there really was no reason that he would be a dark shadow instead of a detailed human being, as my room was very well lit by now. But yet, when I got up to look, there was nothing there. The next night, I woke up at 2am to find a dark shadow once more, looking at me from my closet. I will overstate the obvious too. It was pitch black night, and I'm seeing a shadow figure. Yes, this sounds absolutely absurd, I know, because black on black doesn't really show itself, right? I'm a long-time drama club kid, and I know this, which is why this freaks me out still. Yet, I could see it. A dark figure as clear as the one that I saw before. I immediately bolted for my parents' room, screaming my lungs out, though, as I ran. I explained in a sheer panic how there was a person in my closet and that someone was in the house. But once we were back in my room, there was nothing. This repeated the following night too. The only difference is that the figure was outside of the closet now and the same effect. I ran screaming. The following night, the same thing too, but now it's looking down at me from next to my bed and again I'm fleeing. By this point, something connected for me though and I also demanded the rifle be removed from my closet and it was placed in my parents' bedroom and with this, it ceased, all of it. Since then, I refuse to ever have the gun in my bedroom when I sleep and it remains locked away in a gun safe that we now have. Now, I'm a pretty skeptical person, more so today than I was then. With that said though, I am very much aware of sleep paralysis and all of those things, but to me, those explanations just make no sense here, as none of the times I was unable to move or anything. I mean, I was able to get up and move to the closet and get up and flee screaming like a madman. An atheist, a non-believing friend, I told, actually referenced some gulag pictures which matched my dream or whatever that was extremely close, which freaked me out as I never even really heard of a gulag yet when I had the experience and I'd never really researched them before. More so too is the fact that gulags shouldn't explain it as they were not a Polish thing but a Stalinist thing which ended up with his death in 1953. Everything in my mind wants to explain this away but yet nothing explains why this happened. I don't really disbelieve in the paranormal. Even as a skeptic, I do believe stuff can happen and I can only sort of reach the conclusion that I saw something that once happened, but to who, why, and where? I guess I may never know. I would actually love for some of you guys to try and debunk this too, simply because, honestly, I would love to believe that it wasn't real and that... I could just explain it away because the thought that someone is attached to this gun truly is pretty tragic. When I was in my early 20s, I went through a really dark time. All of my friends had moved away and I'd gone through a traumatic breakup. I was also stuck in a town that I didn't like 
I was in school and couldn't leave, and I was living with my sister in an old shanty house. I was super depressed, and I think the energy that I was putting out alienated me from my peers. I've always been sensitive and interested in the occult. I started reading books on chaos magic and Grant Morrison's pop magic. I began making up rituals and got really into spiritualism and I used candle magic, would write messages on the candles and would use my blood sometimes. I always protected myself and had rosemary and different crystals on hand. But I started having really vivid dreams of, and I know this sounds weird but bear with me, a wolf spirit named Jenny. We would sit atop mountains in my dreams and drink tea and talk and I asked her what she was but she would never answer my questions. I dreamt about her almost every night in fact and it got to the point where I even saw her shadow once or twice in my waking state I think. Anyway, one night I did a pretty powerful ritual I guess you could say while I thought that I was coming from a good and positive place, I had a lot of sadness in my heart. That night when I was trying to sleep, I just had the worst feeling too. I felt like a million eyes were watching me and my stomach was in knots. I was so scared that I turned the light on and tried to go back to bed. But five minutes later, the light bulb in my room literally burst. I was in the dark again and I saw something. It was white and translucent and sort of looked like it was made of fine lace. Whatever it was, it flew from one side of my room to the other and I was so scared at this point that I decided to crawl into my sister's bed. She was sound asleep and I slept at the foot of her bed. 5am comes along and my sister wakes me up. She's really startled for some reason and she tells me that she dreamt of a wolf that was telling her to get up and walk outside. This wolf kept insisting that she get out of her bed and leave the house. And she ended up waking up standing at her car, keys in hand. She had apparently sleptwalked, something she had never done before. And she had no idea that I'd been sleeping at the foot of her bed and was startled when she walked back into her room and saw me. Mind you, I had never told her about Jenny, so it's crazy that she dreamt of a creature that looked so similar and was trying to coax her away from me. After that happened, I stopped playing with magic and after a while the dreams of Jenny stopped too. But I still wonder about all of this. I still wonder about what she was. If any of you have had any similar things happen or could give me some insights... I would really appreciate it. I've read a lot about all of this stuff, but who knows? Maybe I'm missing something. So I, a 22-year-old female, live in a brand new apartment complex on a nice side of town. My city is pretty safe in general. This is the first time that I've lived alone. So, even though it is a safe area, I took some precautions, which included installing a ring video doorbell. I have honestly never needed it in the six months that I've lived here, so no unexpected visitor has ever come by. That is, until last night. I was sitting at home alone with my dog, working on some homework. It was nearly 8pm and starting to get dark. 
At night, I have my ring set up to alert me when any person is detected outside of my door. And I received a notification of motion at my door, but I didn't think much of it. At 8pm, people are still walking down the hall, up the stairs, etc. About 30 seconds later though, I received several loud knocks on my door and my ring is pushed rapidly three times. At this point, I was a little bit spooked and my dog is going nuts as well. I open up the app to see two men standing outside of my door. I sort of debated internally on if I should open it or not, but then decided since it wasn't quite dark yet and my neighbors were home that it would be safe to do so. I sort of slowly open the door, just enough to put my head out. The man nearest to me says that they are with the wealth committee and complimented my wreath. He then went on to say that he was with an internet company and he and his partner were here to offer me a deal. Now, my apartment has a very strict no-tolerance policy for solicitation of any kind. We are told to immediately report that kind of activity and there are signs posted all around stating that solicitation is prohibited by law here. I told the men that I'm happy with my current service and was not interested in switching. The man who spoke first continued to speak about the great deal that they were offering. I continued to decline and he kept saying that he lived really close to here and he'd be happy to personally set up the service. He even offered to come inside and help me get started immediately. Obviously, I declined his offer once more and he reiterated that if I changed my mind to give him a call because he could be here in five minutes to help me out. He handed me a business card and I tried to end the conversation again, but he then tells me that he just can't walk away knowing that I could get such a good deal and I'm saying no to it. At that point, my instincts were telling me something was off. I decided to take a more aggressive approach, I guess you could say, and I asked him if he was aware that my apartment has a strict no solicitation policy. He said that he was aware, but that he cleared it with management. My apartment actually has a very small management team, and I know every single one of them. So I asked who he had cleared it with, and he said that he cleared it with the guys on the golf cart, Mike and Will, and that Mike was a great guy. And now, I knew that it was all a lie. Our management team is only women here. There is nobody by the name of Mike or Will. In fact, only one man works here and his name is Joe. I say, thanks but I'm not interested. Man close the door and lock it loudly. I took a closer look at the business card that he handed me and it had a logo and the name that he gave me but the email was not a company email. It was a Yahoo account. The phone number also did not appear when I searched it up for the company. I decided to post about my encounter in the residence only Facebook page and a few other women commented that they had had similar interactions tonight but that they were given different names and the strange thing was none of the men of the couples were approached. It was only women that they spoke with. They talked to my upstairs neighbor I think and my neighbors across the hall, both girls, and didn't speak to either of the men that live on the same floor as me. Everyone was also given different names and everyone was offered vastly different deals. Two women were told that they didn't have business cards to hand out. I thought that it might be worth googling this guy's name to see if anything popped up as well. And sure enough, 
The second result was a report on an offender registry. Turns out, the man who spoke at my door has five felonies and has served several years in jail for various charges, including trafficking a controlled substance, theft by deception, and possession of stolen property. I knew that it was him too because there was a photo attached to the report. He's currently on parole until November apparently, but I'm not sure if I'm overthinking this situation because this is my first time experiencing something like this, but I know it didn't feel right, that's for sure. Maybe I'm just being dramatic or paranoid, but the entire thing feels more than a little bit off. I'm not sure if they were just scammers or if they were staking out places to rob or maybe worse, who knows, but I reported it to my property manager who was investigating it today. I'm just a bit uneasy about the whole thing, I guess. If they return, I'll be calling the police for sure. As of the time of sharing this, nothing else suspicious has happened, thankfully, and I'm safe at the moment, but I'll continue to stay vigilant. Be safe out there, guys. So I'm a bit of a skeptic of the supernatural and have never put much stock into ghosts or spirits. I do think aliens are real and rationally could exist through biological processes. My kids have had, well, experiences in each house that we've lived in though. I always wrote it off as overactive imagination, but for a little over a year now, my youngest son has been talking to us about the baby in his room. He's only two and will be three soon. So, it started when he first started talking. He would wake up screaming for us saying that the baby in his room was trying to get him. He would be terrified and would take a long time to get him calmed and back to sleep. My wife and I, we just sort of wrote this off as being overstimulated by something that he saw on TV. He seemed to calm down, only mentioning his friend every so often, but he stopped waking up terrified, so we thought that we were past it. Here lately though, as he's gotten more articulate, he's bringing up details out of nowhere that we're having a hard time explaining. Things like the description of this thing its favorite things and where it comes from and how it comes in the room. Some of these details, we cannot figure out how he would get this info. Like, the baby is naked, smaller than him, and it can fly with wings. Its favorite food is dates and likes to drink milk. We're a middle-class white family, and the only time that I've ever heard of dates was in Indiana Jones, which he's never seen. He says it flies into his room from the windows and talks to him. He refuses to elaborate on what it wants and what they talk about. He says that it lives in the woods and it is never present during the day like when he's playing with his toys. Which, if it was an imaginary friend, I would have thought that he'd be playing with it when he was playing. I'm coming here because I'm starting to see things that... I can't explain and hear things that just do not make sense as well. Like, last week, I was out doing yard work and had been playing with a clothes hanger, like a, a grappling hook sort of thing. And when I came back inside through the front door, I found the hanger standing up by itself about two feet away from the door. He was upstairs playing and 
nobody was around it and I thought that it was strange and asked my wife how the heck he did that, picked it up and put it away. The next day as I was walking from my kitchen to the bedroom I saw motion out of my peripheral. It was moving fast and when I turned my head I saw a shadow figure flying near the ceiling going from the bar into the kitchen, past a hanging light fixture and through the wall just above the glass door leading to the deck. And the best way that I can describe it is it was a lot like a fairy. It was about 8 inches tall with butterfly-like wings. The top wings were sort of lobed but the bottom wings were kind of pointed. At this point I turn around to my wife to ask if she just saw that. She had her back to it though so unfortunately she didn't see anything. After this incident I reconsidered the clothes hanger. I tried for nearly an hour to make this thing stand up. I was hoping that it was curved or bent in a way to make it stand up or there was a spot in the hardwood floor that was perfect for it to nestle in or something but I just could not replicate it no matter how hard I tried. I asked my son what he did or if he even did it and he said that he sang to it and his friend made it stand up. The only thing that I know about fairies is from movies and I believe in things that could possibly exist like aliens or Bigfoot I suppose. I don't think spirits are real but all of this is definitely making me reevaluate things a bit and everything that I've researched about these things from folklore is definitely not pleasant. Anyway, I guess I'm here to try and get some answers and I'm wondering if any of you guys have seen anything similar or have had any experience with this type of thing. If you have or do know anything, then please do drop a message below because I'm a bit freaked out. So, I'm a server at a local restaurant in Texas, and today I had a table that struck me as just really odd. It was a man who appeared to be in his early 30s and a girl who looked maybe around 8 or 9. I understand that different families have different dynamics, but almost everyone, including married couples, want separate dishes when sharing a salad. However, this grown man and child ate out of the same really small bowl huddled close together, which I found strange. The girl wouldn't really look at me and the man did all the talking, which is not particularly out of the ordinary, but she was huddled down and hiding her face. The kids can be shy though, but most of them at least sit up straight. I sort of mentioned it to the bartender that I found the man creepy and he basically told me to write it off or ignore it, so I did. I pretty much ignored the bad feeling in my gut, the feeling that everyone says to listen to, right? After the two of them left, I walked over to their table to look at the receipt and see how much they tipped me. However, my attention was immediately caught by writing at the bottom. Along the bottom left portion of the receipt was written, I think you're very pretty, miss, with a smiley face next to it. Then along the bottom, it said, not my dad. All of the writing appeared to be in a different sort of handwriting than whoever wrote the tip. I found this really weird and I showed it to the management and they said to ignore it. 
My boss said that the girl may have written the note to say that I was pretty and then added on the last part to specify her dad, the man that I assumed was her dad, didn't think that. But I don't know. I have no idea and it's not really my business I suppose but this entire interaction and the receipt gave me such a bad feeling and I'm still kind of creeped out by it. I mean it's entirely possible that the letter is just harmless but then again the not my dad part may be specifying that this little girl is in trouble. I'm not sure if I should report it or not or even be concerned but I figured that I would share it here and see what you guys think. A few nights ago I had a wedding to attend and whenever I have to dress fancy I put on this sparkly necklace that my grandma left to me when she passed away. The chain is very thin gold and the pendant is a thick solid gold R which is my grandma's and my first initial. The front of the R is covered in diamonds and it's the kind of necklace pendant that doesn't twist or rotate. It stays facing whichever way you put it, so naturally every time that I put this necklace on, I always check to make sure that I put it on the right way, a shiny side facing out. So before the wedding I put on the necklace as per usual, looked in the mirror to make sure that it was on the right way, which it was, and then I go to the wedding and take a bunch of pictures with friends. All the while, in every single picture, my necklace is faced the right way. Then, I get home and I'm exhausted and I go lay in bed. I'm too tired to take off my jewelry and makeup, so I just leave the necklace on, which I never do because the chain is fragile. Right before I went to sleep, though, my cat jumped onto the bed with me and was laying across my chest, being adorable, so I took a picture of her laying on my chest. In that picture, with my cat, taken moments before I went to sleep, the necklace was on the right way, sparkly diamond side facing out. Anyway, I had a horrible dream that night where someone was pulling on my necklace and I was yelling at them to stop but it was too late and the necklace broke off my neck. Instead of the person taking it and stealing it, the moment that it broke off and fell to the floor, the person who broke it just disappeared or evaporated. I then picked it off the ground and was examining it close to my face and realized that the clasp was broken and I was all upset about it. The next morning I jolted awake from the dream and went to take a shower. I looked at myself in the mirror and saw something that made my stomach drop to the floor. My necklace? It was now on backwards. The diamond side was facing inwards which, let me just say, is impossible unless it was taken off me and turned completely around and put back on. I definitely did not take it off myself in my sleep too because I actually have arthritis in my hands so it's really hard for me to unclasp it even while I'm awake because it's so small. I asked my husband if he had taken it off me in my sleep and he said no and that he was working on his computer the entire time that I was asleep and didn't even come into the room once. I have just zero explanation for how this could have possibly happened. I've racked my brain for literally any reasonable answer and I can't think of even one. Whatever happened, it gives me shivers to even think about it. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.